Align Your Practice podcast with Dr. Cliff Fisher, where your best practice and life awaits you. Are you tired of running a practice on your own? We want to come alongside you with experts to help you create your dream practice and your dream life. Here is your host. All right, tribe, welcome to the Align Life, Align Your Practice with Dr. Cliff and Dr. Joe, brought to you by Align Life, where we want to give you the tools to find and create your aligned life. Today, I'm super excited to be talking about vision. And so my question for you would be to start out with is, do you have a clear vision? And just as important, but does your team know it? And so, Joe, what about you? Does your, do you have a clear vision where you want to go? A hundred percent. Yeah, I feel that over the years, it becomes as you dissect your vision and you focus on making a reality, you gain more conviction. So no matter where you are in practice, a student that's just getting out or an experienced doctor or an enterprise level uh, operation, uh, you need to start with a vision that uh, you can stand behind. And over time, you'll get more clarity, more conviction. You get more grounded on the vision. But I think too many people, especially students, were like, I don't know yet where I want to go. And they don't spend the time to, to actually provide the vision. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I always, uh, you know, when people talk about their vision statement, I'm always like, this is a living document. You can change it at the drop of a hat, drop of a dime. Don't get connected to it. But whatever, if it, if you don't write it down though, it never comes to fruition. I look back at some of my old things from when I graduated chiropractic school and I'm like, I wrote this down and sure enough, I was like within one to two years of hitting most of my goals that I'd written down that I'd never looked at. Not, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but I never looked at them again. And I'm going through my paperwork. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hit that. I hit that. I hit that. Because when it's written, it does store in your consciousness, it stores in your, you know, in your brain, it's, there's a memory to it. So subconsciously, you, you even have value, but it has to be a documented vision. If it's not written down, the chance of it happening is, is to me, slim to none. So what, what you've heard the term, and they talk about this in one of the... Um, one of the um, references that I've used around vision is... When you say, can you see what I'm talking about? Can you see it? And that concept of can you see what I'm talking about is vision. So you have to be clear enough that the team can literally see it. They can taste it. They could feel it by being so descriptive and so clear that you're having your entire team resonate and and row the boat in the same direction. Um, And I think sometimes the vision is so generalized weak, unrefined, that you can't see it. And if you can't see it, you can't have an emotional state. We're emotional beings. I think we got to generate the emotion of the team to get behind the mission. And that's what the clarity provides uh, the team. That's, that's my perspective. And I think, Cliff, also, I think to be a good leader, it starts with having a clear vision. You may not be a refined leader, but you have a refined vision and it'll help guide you in your journey of leadership, because we're all striving to be better leaders, but you could be a refined leader with a poor uh, vision and lose the team. But you could have a refined vision and be a growing leader and gain uh, backing by the team. Does that, do you resonate with that? Because we're all learning how to be better leaders. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Our leadership goes up. I think the vision, when you talk about clarity, like if the team knows where they're going, it's easy to get there. If we're just like, hey, let's meet, you know, in Chicago, like we're never going to find each other. <laughs> yeah. If we're like, let's meet at this address. 
we're going to get there and we're going to meet up. And so the problem is, is the team is like, oh, yeah, this is where we're headed. So we have this really big vision that's like, let's meet in Chicago versus like, no, this is what we're creating. Are you on board? Great. I'll meet you there. That's actually a good analogy, because if you are um, if I'm coming into Chicago, you're coming from North Carolina. Let's say I'm coming from Puerto Rico uh, and we're going to meet in a city. That's easy, right? We just get there on your way from North Carolina in a car. It could be a detour, a road close, yeah. traffic. I, I have other adversities I'm dealing with. If there was no adversities, you could just say meet in Chicago and everything's fine. But the, when we're in business, every department, whether you're on clinical, uh, tech CA, whether you're front desk, whether you're office manager, every one of you deals with some some adversity throughout the day. And if we don't have vision, we may go in our own direction and find a different way versus knowing exactly where we're meeting in Chicago. So we know exactly which way to take the detour to get to the common goal at the end of the month, quarter, year, right? So that's a, yeah. a great analogy on, a, on that. Thanks, brother. You act surprised, but I appreciate that. <laughs> so Finally, you give a good analogy. <laughs> I know. I'll, after all these years. So a couple of things I want to talk about. So we talked last time that we're going to bring structure and architecture to this. So I thought it was going to be one video it's ac- or one podcast. It's actually, it's going to be quite a few. I'm not even going to give a number on it because I don't want to be wrong again. <laughs> and so I would love to talk about vision. So vision will be one of the first pieces. I know we've talked about vision before, but I want to talk about the eight different components to that or nine different components for that. The system we use just in transparency to people listening is the entrepreneurial operating system, which is a a business set, an architecture to run business. And there's multiple, there's many different styles of business architecture of how to run a business. This is one that I know you and your multiple entities use. I know myself, I use it in multiple entities. So you and I are pretty versed in this particular system. And it's not the only system. And just right. like using uh, whether it's uh, different ways of managing nutrition or different religions or different, there's a common thread and it's going to be built around some of these tenants. So it's not new what we're going to present to you, but it's packaged in a way that you can actually deliver on the different components to create a clear vision that's executable that make creating success. Yeah. And I love the EOS system. I've been doing EOS probably since 2014. So I've had about eight years inside of it running the businesses. There's a ton of tools in there. They have a great website. It's been incredibly valuable. I know for Align Life and I know for my businesses. And so we just want to share with you kind of how we incorporate those tools. And then I know Dr. Franson with TRP, he's given us a ton of insights and also the structure. One of the most important things is when you find a system, just run the system for a couple of years before you try to change it and, you know, wrap around you. Cause I've tried that several times with practices. I'd bring in a system. I'm like, Oh, I don't like that part. And I would just kind of pick and choose. And so like this system, it's been around for a long time. And so it's a great system. And if you're new, if you're a student in school, this is a great, this would be one of my books I'd read in that last year. And I would start getting prepared for going into business because so many students think that the hard part's graduating and I'll be honest, like that's your ticket to ride. Like that's your ticket to admission. So, um, that last, what's that? I said, that's just table stakes to play the game. Um, so yeah. So that the book you're talking about is, is the book traction, right? For the, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so let's give them some meat. So uh, the question I would have for you guys, well, Cliff, ask the question, do you have a vision? And as we break this down, I want you to think about uh, whether you're a student right now and you're not sure of the direction you want to go. Uh, you need to sit down and spend some quiet time thinking. And, and too often we don't do that. We're so in school, we're so academically driven and business, we're so task driven that we don't just sit down, take a deep breath, sit down with a cup of coffee for literally three, four five hours and think about where you want to go. If you're in business and you've been in business five years, 10 years, 15 years, you may have lost sight of your vision. You may have changed your vision, but you've never documented it. You don't have clarity. Now, lack of clarity will hurt your ability to be a leader in your growing organization. So it stagnates growth, creates resistance and friction in your ability to execute to the next level. Um, and if you're an enterprise uh, office, maybe you have three, four clinics and you're growing. What happens is you start hiring middle management next level and they're hiring people. And if the middle management doesn't have clarity on your vision, the vision starts to dissipate. It's kind of like steam that you can, you can bring steam together, razor sharp steam to whether it be cut glass or drive a locomotive engine up a mountain, or steam can just disperse. Like if you're boiling uh, water uh, in your kitchen, it has no power. Power comes from uh, clarity and, and uh, consistency and uh, laser focus. That's when you can drive that engine up the mountain. So I think, uh, you know, wherever you are right now, think about that and maybe put it in your calendar. As we go through this, maybe put this weekend, put it in your calendar for two, three hours to sit down with, with no phone on and uh, literally the old fashioned pen and paper and uh, be okay with some dry time of you just sitting and thinking. Uh, I, I say this and spend a lot of time on this cliff because it's something that I, I just worked and worked and worked and pushed and pushed uh, but I, I didn't spend over the first two decades as much time as I should have refining and getting clarity around my actual vision. Man, I love that, Joe. That's a great share. And as you're saying that, um, the question I want to ask you is like, how many iterations of your vision have, have, have how many iterations of your vision statement have you had? <laughs> uh, probably uh, 500, uh, but uh, it's tweaks of a phrase, a word, not a change. I didn't really go through any change of vision at all, like since day one, but a word, a phrase, a better way to state, more clarity, more maybe arrange it differently, maybe drop components that didn't make sense. But it's interesting. I would have thought over almost 30 years that it would be very different. And it's really not. But I just think it's more clarity, um, more clarity. How about you? Same. Like, I, like, I don't know what my number is, but it, like you said, it, every time I sit down with it, I get more clear, more clear, it gets easier to see. And then it, the most important thing is then once you get clarity on it, then to be able to share with your team. Okay, I promised myself I would not just throw a number and I threw a number 500. It's probably <laughs> 40, 50 over the years. Cliff catches me on throwing a number sometimes, and uh, I'll just throw it in conversation. So I just caught myself. So Cliff, good job. <laughs> it's probably thirty or forty, which is still a lot of modification. That's like that's like every year having a little tweak, right? I mean, if you, that many times in years. <laughs> Absolutely, cool. So I think that's the biggest thing. A couple of things when you sit down to write out your vision statement. This is a space to dream, honestly. This isn't a space to be like, oh, what's possible? What do I think can happen? This is a space of like, 
really to say, what do I want and what am I willing to do for it? I think one of the things is you should start to define success. Be careful how you do it because you're going to chase it the rest of your life. And so that's what the vision is, though. And so create, reach, and put down there what you want. Um, and don't settle on this at first. And then be like, okay, am I willing to do the work to get to that? So two things I have on vision. Uh, you've talked about a vision story. And I just want to create clarity. You're going to read different books over the years. And there is not confusion, but there's a lot of overlap and a lot of diversity in this. And that, for me, an analytic that wants exact science, there isn't. When you're looking at core etiology of a company, vision, mission, purpose, and all these different core focus, core value, there's there's a lot of overlap. And you, you just got to take a deep breath and go with the flow and make tweaks as you see fit. Because, Cliff, you had brought up a vision story. I was using a vision statement, which was a one-sentence statement. And, okay. guys, maybe you have a vision statement, and maybe you build that statement into a story that creates an emotion. Maybe you have two versions. Just go with it and, and learn uh, on the journey. But, you know, Cliff, you and I have made some tweaks and turns over the years in the way we utilize the etiology of, of a business. Uh, and it's, it's helped us uh, create more and more clarity. So think about the, when you're listening to this, a uh, vision statement is maybe what you want to start with, which is boom. Uh, and then create like the story so your staff can feel and taste it a little bit deeper. Yeah, that great distinction, Joe. So the other things as you go through, if you decide to go through traction or walk with us through this, the next one is like you want to go through your core values. So then you, it's really hard to define business core values if you don't know your own personal core values. That's why we did the order that we did in, in this. So if you didn't do those, go back and do those. And so, Joe, I know... You mean the previous podcast where we talked about? Yeah, previous podcast where we talked about core values. Okay. Yeah, you're, I like that, Cliff, because uh, the previous podcast, if you haven't listened, it was about personal, this being about business. And I, I don't know if it was you, but uh, someone I recommended that I, I brought into the business, which is having people find their personal core values inside of the business core values. They match up. So they feel as they know authentically that they're helping to honor their own core values inside the business. That, that creates some congruency. I think that's very helpful. Yeah, and I think we're, what I did was when I first started a business, it was my core values. And then as I brought on a team, it became our core values. And so I know we just had to update to update our core values because they didn't fit anymore. Like there was a new clinical director, there was a new office manager, their core values had to be brought into the business core values of not what we aspire to be, but who we actually are. That's um, huge. That's huge. It keeps it authentic there. Um, yeah. So when, when you're, when the core values are set, I think it, um, I, I think it helps uh, create an energetic feel in the business that there's the congruency because you don't really know that there's contradictions if you don't have clarity on what the values are. And when you see energy off in, in the business, if you could feel it, it's usually due to someone's core value not being honored or even aware inside the business. So energetically, there's a level that is usually not spoken about that I can feel in a business when the congruency is not there. So I think it's a really good exercise if you're looking at getting momentous growth in your business. Yeah, and I know if you go back, so on one bit we did personal core values, then another one we did the foundational documents and that included the core values. So there's a whole exercise on doing that. So just know that we have you guys on that. If you guys do have questions, just reach out to us. But core values, yeah. 
and that's where you put your arm around the person or team member and say, this is our core values, what you can expect from me and our entire team. And this is what we expect from you. And this is what we hire and fire based on. Is that clear? So that's, that's what the core values need to represent in your organization. Yeah. And even deeper, hire reward to it, uh, bonus to it, you know, Every aspect of the business should always be going back to core values. So it's it's fluid in your, literally your daily uh, business management. Yeah. Then the next one's like core focus. I think everybody, like, you know, everybody wants to do everything. And, you know, it's a really a space to focus, like focus on your purpose, on your, on your niche or niche, um, what you want to do. And so that's really critical to, to know what that is for your team. Because if you're more just like, dispersed you're not going to be as laser focused and just like joe you were saying earlier like the more our focus is the more the faster we'll grow yeah that's that's the steam the refined steam what are we doing what are we focusing on right now so the core focus to me it could be a combination of your purpose and, and your mission of like what are we accomplishing right now okay so those two the third the next one is really looking like at the 10 year goal. So like we're in 10 year for me, like, honestly, almost like that's like the ultimate or like, this is where we want to this company to end up. 10 years is, is about as far out as I find that most people can look. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a great space. And that's what I did mine on. I did just like EOS. I did a 10, five and three, one, they do a 10, a three, a one. So I like the languaging in the EOS system on the 10, three and one, they call it a 10 year target. That's like what you're aiming for. You're not, it's not yep. the plan. It's the target. Think of the languaging here, the three year picture picture is you got to paint a picture of where you're going. One year is what you're doing right now. They call it a one year plan. So think yeah. about that. A one year plan, a three year picture, a 10 year target. So I, I think uh, words have meaning and I really like the languaging around target pl uh, picture and plan plans like right now, what's going on in the next year. Great point. And then the next part of the, the vision is like, who is your target market? So who's your muse? Who's your avatar? Who's the person that you want to take care of? Because if we try to serve everybody, we're going to serve nobody. And that's, that was a struggle for me in business because I always wanted to, I didn't want to lose opportunity. So I always kept too broad too general and I think refining. And when you look at some businesses that have such a niche uh, niche market, um, it's like, can they really serve that market? Like they really just want those people? Are there enough people? And the business explodes because they're so refined in the demographic. When you tighten up the demographic, not to get too granular, but it allows you to, uh, the marketing, uh, the languaging, the emotional connection, the outcome that you're you're expressing that you can deliver is so refined that only the people that need that see it, read that copy or whatever it may be in marketing, and they're they're all about it because you're so into a very refined demographic of people. So don't be afraid, even in the chiropractic realm, which is a big a big uh, access to society. If you have a pediatric practice, don't be hesitant about being a pediatric practice. I have a good friend who runs a pediatric practice that says, we see children, but we'll check your parents too, or something <laughs> of that nature. Like we don't see parents, like if the kids aren't here, like if the kids come, we'll check your parents to be nice to them. <laughs> uh, we see kids, like that's it. It's, it's right. such a cool way it's written. And it's basically... Not ashamed, we're a pediatric chiropractic practice and it's waiting list. 
a multi-million dollar in a cornfield in the middle of nowhere, uh, all cash pay. And it's like, they're not ashamed of seeing children. And I would yeah. say there's not enough children on Little Town for that to hold that line, but you'd be surprised. Conviction on that niche is so vital. Sports chiropractic or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's interesting to hold that ground. Yeah, I think just finding an understanding and just like you said, like it's not like they're not willing to see other people. So the target market doesn't mean I'm only seeing these people. It's just saying, hey, in the perfect world, if I could just see this would be the people that I would love to see. Yeah, that's so, a, what I was saying was a micro niche, which is not what we're saying you have to do. So I, I appreciate yeah. you in clarity. That's a micro niche. Like I'm only seeing the, and that takes a real line in the sand to hold that ground. Uh, another, when we say niche, it may be someone looking at an integrated experience healthcare. They're looking at chiropractic integrated nutrition like a line life does. That's not niche to the demographic. That's a niche to the deliverable, right? There's so many ways right. you can yep. find that market. Yeah. And you can even go technique like, oh, I'm just going to do this technique. And, you know, none of it matters as long as you have a clear mission and then you can, you know, you create the vision story to back that up. That's that's all like that's one thing that I love about working with Joe is like this isn't defining. It's like but once you define it, that's the game. (laughs) Yes, very true. And I think that niche, like understanding that keeps you from being that uh, most visionaries and we're probably talking to most visionaries on this call on this podcast uh, is that we have the shiny light syndrome. There's another opportunity, another way. And then you start moving what you thought was your niche. Now you're over here. Now you're over here. Now I'm going to change my technique again and again and again, or I'm going to change my offering again and again and again and all over. That's when you start to lose, I think, uh, traction is when you're not refined in that. And it can change. But I think it's good to refine that. Yeah. And then the other thing in the marketing strategy in that spot is what are the three unique things that you do? You know, is it taking care of kids? Is it, you know, like a line like we were just talking about ours, like, is it the outcome integration education? You know, what are those three things that make you unique and why people should seek you out? Yes. So that those three uniques can they all tie in. So that ties into the niche of what you're doing. It ties into the vision. So you want to have when you have these written, it'll help you kind of expose contradictions in your own your own system. So it may seem like you're overlapping. Like, wait, it's in my vision. My three unique. And you're like, no, you got to state those and see if they are uh, congruent. Right. I mean, when yeah. we go through this exercise, at the end of the day you have a little bit of refinement to make sure there's congruency. Absolutely. The congruency, you can only grow to the space of where you're not congruent. And I think yeah. Patrick in tempo, I know I didn't say it right, but. Well, um, he, yeah, you said it, his, his exact <clears throat> words, you grow to the point of your first contradiction, which is exactly what you're saying, congruent to the, to the lack of congruency. So you're yeah. going to grow to contradiction. So if you're a natural health practitioner and you're smoking and eating bad, it's like you'll grow to the point of people being exposed to your contradiction and patients don't need to hear. They can feel and see contradiction without you speaking it. It's just, it's there for them to pick up and believe it or not, they'll pick it up. <laughs> so yeah. whether it's uh, contradictions in the money management, contradictions in time management, contradiction, the way you treat staff first, the way you want your patients treated, or there's so many different ways you can have contradictions in practice. And when you look through this journey that we've been through so far on vision, you'll see contradictions in yourself that could be cleaned up. 
and grow the business without any other work but cleaning up contradictions. That's a great point. I love it. And then the last three, and it's just like doing the work, but you know, just like Joe said, the three-year picture, the one-year plan, having quarterly rocks, those are the three to seven top priorities that you need to get done to make sure that one-year plan happens. And then the issues, which I think this is where a lot of visionaries sidestep, I know I did, was what are the key barriers in achieving this? Because I'm like, I felt like I was naysaying or being negative versus like, what are the real things that could come up that I need to be aware of so that I can achieve my goals? Because if I can think about it now, it's different than when I get in the fire of the whole thing. So you brought up, wait, three more. So let's go back to the top. You said we we talked about 10-year target, three-year picture, one-year plan. Yep. We talked about the vision initially, and now you just brought up three more. Let's break those down. What were the three you just mentioned? So we did the three-year plan was the next one, then one-year plan, quarterly rocks, and then issues. So there's four. Quarterly rocks and issues. I'm sorry, there was two more. Um, yeah. I just wanted to go back because if a, a student or a doctor is not familiar with the term rocks, let's just go through that. So yeah. orderly rock, the, it comes from that story you may have heard before, uh, and there's videos on YouTube you can watch. But you take a, a big glass jar and you say, and you have a bunch of rocks, you have a bunch of pebbles, you have a bunch of sand, and then you have some water. And you say, if you're going to try to build something, and you start with the little things, like we add water to the bucket first, then we add sand, then we add pebbles, and then we try to put the big rocks in. Well, the big rocks don't fit because we spend all our time on uh, little tasks and emails and social media, and we never built the business. So we, we couldn't fit the large rocks in this glass jar, if you can visualize, if not, uh, uh, you should look up this story about rocks. Uh, yeah, Stephen Covey's work. It was in the Seven Stephen Habits Covey. of Highly Effective People. Okay, yeah. Look up that on YouTube, Stephen Covey and, the, and this uh, story, and you could see a, a really video that, that expresses this. If you put the big rocks in the jar first, then you add the pebbles. The pebbles kind of navigate around the big rocks. Then the sand goes between the pebbles and between the big rocks, and the water goes on top, and everything fits in the jar. So the purpose of having rocks is – these are not daily processes in your business. These are not taking x-rays or adjusting patients or giving a lecture or, you know, collecting money. There's nothing to do with that. The rock is something to level up your business, which is we're going to add a whole new payment processing system that is going to help us do auto pay monthly. We don't have that now. We got to build that. This is getting the right software in your business. This is building a training system for your team. That's what a rock would be. It's something that levels up the business. It's not a procedure in the business. So every quarter, you're going to sit down and look at the adversities and the low-hanging fruit of how you can grow your business and create, like Cliff's saying, one to, they say up to seven, but Cliff and I are going to push <laughs> to three, two or yep. three things that are going to level up the business. And what we all want to do is do so many of these leveling up of the business, these rocks, but then we forget we have a day job. We may be the doctor seeing the patients. We may be the office manager running the clinic. So you still have to do your job and deliver the goods. This is outside of daily work. So you can only do so much to level up the business. I'd recommend you spend about 20 to 30% of your time building up your business or leveling up or improving your business and about 70% of your time actually doing the job that you have. As you scale up multiple clinics, bigger enterprise, 
it may be 50, 60% working on the business, but if you're a single practice, as high as 30%, as low as 10%, but you have to work outside of the day-to-day practice to scale your business, and that's the rocks. So the rocks and then the issues is what's, what's the pain right now? Like you have to quantify and write those down. What is the issue that is preventing you from scaling uh, your practice? Those issues could become rocks. You know, they could become a rock. So you have to oh, yeah. both of those, right? And issues become rocks. So uh, those are two really, uh, really important points. I just wanted to break those down for people that may not have understood that term in the past. Yeah, and I love where you went with the rocks. So one of the things on the rocks is like one of the things we've added on ours is we have a parking lot. So we put our three rocks. Here's the three things. And the three things must be we have to accomplish these to reach our one-year plan. And yes. so make sure that they're interconnected. Everything has to be congruent and connected. And then if you finish one early, I'm fine adding one. But what I used to do is I'd add five or six, and then I would only I would get all of them 80% done. I would never finish any of them. And that's where it was very frustrating for me. The, it's huge. The next, it, yeah. Now, finish your thought. I, I, I want to clarify something. But finish yeah, because the next thing is there's also some projects that are multiple quarters. And so the one mistake that you don't want to make is say, oh, this is going to be a three quarters instead of saying, I want to get to this destination by this quarter, this destination by the next quarter, and then I'll finish that whole project by the third quarter. So make sure you have endpoints along the way if you have a multiple quarter rock. That's so huge. When you have something you want to create and you know it's a 90 day, then you think it has to be created in 90 days. That's such a big thing to clarify. So what we decided to do in rocks is we have creation. Like let's say, we're, uh, we're doing a learning management system in Align Life to educate, educate doctors, let's say. So the first quarter is create the infrastructure, the architecture of what are we doing? That takes a whole quarter. What are we going to teach? What are we going to train? What system are we going to use? How are we going to lay it out? What's the flow? That's a whole entire quarter. So create. Then the next step is launch. Launch could be create 10% users, people using the system. That could be launch, refined by some minimal viable product, some interaction, some level of revenue. We're going to generate this marketing, and we only want to generate $5,000 in new business. That's launch. And then there's monetize. You've, you've got a minimal viable product the second quarter. The third quarter, you're like, okay, how do we 5X this thing? Now you're looking at different ways to leverage what you've done. So just that example alone we had create, uh, create, launch, and monetize, and that's three quarters of a year. So I love that you brought that up because that's something most people will experience when they really get deep into creating rocks. Like a great clinic example, one would be to bring on a new team member. So the first bit would be define the team member and then hire the team member would be like one quarter. Then the next quarter would be onboarding. And then, so that's a two quarter project. And so- that- Great point. The first quarter, you're, what we do is just hire first. And we're like, what should their KPI <laughs> be? You know, yeah. to me, it's you create the scorecard first, which we'll talk about in the future, the job description second, and then the ad uh, for the staff. Most people do it the opposite. They write the ad first, then they figure out job description, then they figure out what are they responsible for. It. I think it should be totally opposite. Yeah. Nope. And I think that's where the planning. And so that's really what we'll be diving into building the structure and architecture on how to build a hugely successful practice. that's aligned with your life. And so that's really critical. And so 
the next podcast, what we're going to do is dive into data. And so we're going to go, you know, our question will be, how are you making decisions based on data or feeling? So next one, we'll be doing that. Any final closing thoughts, Joe, on vision? I think we just close up with uh, summarizing what that vision is. You let's list those uh, components that you started with just because we uh, we broke them down just so if they're writing these down and they want to spend the time this weekend is writing a, a they could write a vision, but then they can break it down. So we talked yeah. about vision statement or vision story that's written of where you want to go. It's the horizon. It's where you where you want to take your ship. It's not something realized like next week. Uh, it's something where you're striving to. So that's a vision story, yep. a vision statement. But now you have these eight components. List those off as we close up so they can uh, maybe document if they want to work on it. So the first one is the core values. And then okay. the next one is the core focus. Who's our purpose in our niche? What's our 10-year I have goal, right? And you target. Target. And then the marketing strategies, who's our target market, what's our three uniques, what's our guarantee or what's our proven processes. And then the next one is the three-year picture. The one, and so that's where do you want to be in three years? The one-year plan, what are the three to seven top priorities this year? And the budget, I think so often we overlook budget. And then the, la the last two is quarterly rock. So what are the three to seven top priorities each quarter? And then the last one is what are the issues? What are the key barriers to achieving your goals? Awesome. And Cliff, do you want to provide a, a, sur uh, a survey or a, um, an evaluation? How do you yeah. So if you want, yeah, you can dive in. We have this great program that'll go through and it'll ask you some questions, takes about five minutes and then you can just see your gaps. And if you want to have any questions about that, we're happy to help and serve you. So, uh, I below the podcast, there'll be a link that you can use to do uh, an evaluation on your practice and your business to see where the gaps like Cliff just said. And uh, if you want to reach out to Align Life, we'd be here to help guide you through that. Awesome. Great insight, Cliff. That was, uh, I think, a good kickoff to the multiple components of running a successful business. Awesome. Thank you for your insights, Joe. Have a great week, Tribe. We'll see you guys next week and be talking about some data. Awesome. For opportunities to build your dream practice, presented by Dr. Fisher, reach out to Align Life Centers for Natural Health at AlignLifeOpportunity.com.